Croeso. 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 Hello. Curesso. Hello and Croeso. No, yeah. No, 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 not correct. Not Croeso. No. Croeso. Croeso. The R comes first and roll the R. Like Croatia, but Croeso. Yeah, but roll the R. Croeso. Hello and Croeso. Croeso. Hello and Croeso. Is that right? Croeso. Make the F shorter. Croeso. Croeso. Hello and Croeso. Yes. That's closest. That's the closest. That'll do. Hello and Croeso. <laughs> <laughs> no. no. Start again. Right, Start again. Right, Sorry, right. you did it fine, we just laughed. <laughs> <laughs> Hello and Croeso. To Sabrina the Teenage Watch, the podcast where three well-behaved and well-endowed gentlemen review all 163 episodes of Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Uh, as always, my name is Phil Dean, and uh, we are, uh, just to remind you, as we announced in our last show, we are on holiday currently, uh, us three, and the reason for the behind the Croeso, is that alright, Graham? was that Yes, that, that's right. I, I don't speak Welsh, by the way. No, we, we, we believe that is the, the word for welcome, that's why we're using it. So, um, yeah, those voices that I introduced you to then uh, were very was to my left as uh, Mr. Graham Riley. Hello, Graham. Hi, I'm uh, fine, thank you. You've not asked, but uh, I am. <laughs> Good. And uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to delving into uh, this uh, latest um, episode of Sabrina. Yeah, are you enjoying your holiday so far? I am enjoying my holiday. We've had a great time. The weather has been temperamental, but that's sort of part of the whole Welsh holiday experience. We've drank far too much, but we have also, um, you know, uh, explored the surrounding area. We went on a lovely walk today. We did. Um, and it's just been a very relaxing experience. I, I think that being here will sort of lend this podcast sort of a, a greater air of tranquility oh, exactly. and easiness, joy de vivre. And as always, uh, to my right is Mr. Chris Evans, who though sounds Welsh, he isn't, are you, Chris? Betsy Coed, Phil. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, 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 that is correct, I am not Welsh. No, uh, no. so are you enjoying your holiday, Chris? Yeah, mate. As we are professional lads, um, we've still got a job to do, which is record an episode of our beloved Sabrina the Teenage Witch podcast. So this is what we're going to do. Uh, we're up to episode 15. Boys, can you remember what it's called? Hilda and Zelda, the teenage years. Yes, and as I announced to you uh, at the end of our last episode, it's a little misleading. Uh, we don't actually find out some teenage years of uh, Hilda and Zelda's lives, let alone days. Just an... A couple of hours in present day. Hilda and Zelda's teenage years probably went on for about a century <laughs> yeah. based on their uh, aging process. Yeah. Hilda and Zelda transform themselves into teenagers so they can accompany and watch over Sabrina as she goes to a violent femmes show with her friends. No, no, no. Not show. Not show. Signing. Yeah. A sign. Not even a show. A signing. She goes to just meet them in person at midnight. At a record store in Boston. Yeah. So, boys, are we ready? We are. The sun has come out. It's shining through our um, skylight. skylight here on us like we're... Angels. A rapture is taking forth. It's this just shine of light, and work. I think it's a perfect time to get going. Yeah, I, I also think it's a it's a perfect time to uh, announce that I've, I've got a blister. Oh, wonderful! Is that from the walk today? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry, Chris. Don't poke it. I'm, d I'm not poking. I'm stroking it. And I, I I cut my arm on a bush. And I got a nettle sting. It's been a very painful we've had a, We've had an adventure. <laughs> we did. We ventured outside. So we're spending the rest of the night in here. So this is episode 15, Hilda and Zelda, the teenage years. The episode opens up with Hilda asking Salem whether a jumper makes her look fat, which it clearly does, as she is massive. It turns out it's one of Zelda's, and she's put a spell or hex on it onto all of her clothes to stop Hilda wearing her stuff without asking. Um, and she says, oh, a booby trap. It's a literal booby trap. It's a literal booby trap because, because her breasts that... were so very much enlarged. It wasn't that she was fat. It was mainly the chest region yeah. that had expanded. Yeah, it, it was like a sumo suit that kind of deflated around the, the midriff, yes. wasn't it? So it was, she was very big on top. But no, a literal booby trap. And Salem comments that it makes her legs look very thin. Indeed. So it's got its, it's, got its, uh, its advantages. Hilda dumps the sweater, but oblivious Sabrina ends up wearing it and sharing the same fate as her big-framed aunt. They try to comfort each other, but their breasts awkwardly clash. Yes. 
<laughs> Always awkward when breasts clash. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so the opening titles come, and what is she dressed as? She's dressed as a. She's basically dressed as uh, Sandy from uh, Greece. Yeah. Um, and she says, Greece is not the word, it's a word. I mean, fuck's sake. Right? <laughs> the, you know, this is a very, very funny show. Every episode I chuckle several times. It's uh, We've said it before, it's a lot funnier than it needs to be. It really lets itself down with these. I know they're a very small thing, but they're so witless compared with the rest of the show. Yeah. Just drop them. And it's enough to kind of put you up, like, because this is in the opening 30 seconds of each episode. Yeah. If it's dead crap, it makes us angry right from the start. We're like, off. Oh, yeah. Don't want to watch the rest of this show. And also, if you're encountering the show for the first time, like, you know, like the sort of the swollen sweater situation. And the booby trap. And you're like, that's clever. That's, that's clever. That's funny. But, you know, you also might be like, that's a bit silly. And then if you saw, then saw the, you know, the mirror gag, you'd be like, oh, I don't know if I want to watch this channel change. <laughs> and, uh, you know, you're, uh, you've given Sabrina its chance and you, you've moved on. Yeah. So, yeah, not, not really how you want to begin um, an episode, really. No, just, not at all. Just an alternative. Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying that I'm the wittiest man in the world or anything. Mm-hmm. You're uh, at least a seventh or eighth. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, give or take. But this isn't going down a witty line. This is just going to state fact. Yeah. The options are endless for that outfit. If you want to stay with the Grease theme, it, you, you could literally just have Sabrina go, it's Grease Lightning! And then... It just something different, something a bit more out there. I would have rathered it. She transforms into a final costume, but it's you, and you just go, it's Grease Lightning! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Be... Yeah. Yeah, 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 I agree, that would be better, Yeah, Chris. that would be better. <laughs> anyway, the episode uh, starts, and we're in the cafeteria, and we join Sabrina just as she happily accepts Harvey's invitation to go meet the violent femmes at midnight tonight! Not a sordid encounter, no, they are, as we said before, they are signing their CDs at a local uh, store in Boston, and Harvey has said, do you want to go? I'll drive. So they're off to meet them at an official gathering. Um, Sabrina tells Harvey that she will be going, but she has to run it by her aunts because it involves the dark. Uh, To which Harvey suggests she tell them what he told his parents, that he's going on an astrology trip. Don't you mean astronomy, Sabrina asks. Wow. They're paying even less attention than I thought, he says. <laughs> so, just Harvey, bless his cotton socks. <laughs> it, doesn't ma- it doesn't matter whether he lies to his parents about where he is, they just don't... They don't. They don't pay attention no, to His parents don't give a shit about him. We've it's already said right. this, we don't know what Harvey's parents are like, but we hate them. Yeah. yeah. Immensely. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Do you reckon they pay more attention to his, his sister? Is, is, She's is, is, clearly a stocky woman. His stocky super athlete sister. Yeah, they probably do. Yeah. Yeah. Poor dude. You go. You you go on your midnight astrology uh, meeting, Harvey, in 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 in, in a big scary city. You, you do that. Who fucking cares? <laughs> terrible. Terrible. Care. Terrible. Mister and Missus Kinkle. Yeah. Shame on you. Um, so Libby, <clears throat> overhearing, insists that she goes with them, as she too is a massive violent femmes fan. I would do anything to meet them. The more the merrier, after all, she says. And she even, boys, says please. Oh. Now, Chris, you've expressed your disgust in the past of uh, the worst thing about the show is not the magic. The worst thing, the most unrealistic thing about the show is mm-hmm. manners. Yes. With children. So did you enjoy Libby's use of the word please or not? Well, it made more sense. Than them being just polite and mannerful. Oh. She literally pointed out that she never says that. And I was like, yes, Libby. Yes, Libby. That is correct. You are a teenager. You don't say please or thank you. Well done, you. So it seems like this one time she said it, she genuinely means it. No. no. She just no. Re- she just really, really wants to meet the violent fans. Yeah. And she is willing to drop her usual snottiness and butter up the people who can get her there. That's yeah. all. She'd do, yeah. any, she'd do anything to see uh, to meet Gordon Gaynell. Yeah, who is the lead singer of this, this beat what, combo. What would have been a little bit better is if Libby hadn't have said, you know I hate saying this word, please, and literally take that moment and have that look on her face of, I never say this word, rather than... Like, steal herself yeah. before saying it. Yeah. yeah. Also eavesdropping is Gordy, who, despite Libby's protests, gets the last seat in Harvey's car. Or so we think. This will be a fun ride, boys. We've got Harvey, we've got Sabrina, Libby and Gordy. You've yeah. literally got... Uh, uh, if if it was a Venn diagram, you'd, you'd have, like, one person from each section of of the of the school. Yeah. you got the sports star, the... 
the in-betweener teenager, the Sabrina, the nerd, Gordy, and the bitch, Libby. Yeah, yeah. and cheerleader in the, the popular girl. Oh, yeah. Um, but what brings them all together? Love of the violent femmes. What brings all teenagers together? <laughs> violence. Vi- violent femmes. Violence and femmes. Yes, violence and femmes. So, at the Spellmans, Hilda and Zelda are making their concerns about the event and suggest tagging along for some adult supervision, which Sabrina states would be the most embarrassing thing ever. Because she's 16, of course it will. Uh, their concern, however, is fairly justified as peer pressure and the fact that <laughs> plenty of, and I quote, sickos are out and about. Well, yes. yeah. The freaks come out at night. And you it's do. Boston. At the end of the day, right? Parents, kids, kids asking to stay out late past midnight or to midnight. Every parent is going to be like, mm, no, it's dark outside. There's weirdos out there. What has changed... Uh, in the last, well, however long, 20, 20 years, two decades, is that when the phone rings, you wonder, the landline, I mean, mm-hmm. who the fuck's that? No one calls the landline anymore. I get more anxious about the landline getting <laughs> rung than walking through a city at night. <laughs> really? Yeah. Get, let me, I'll walk through the middle of London at night. I don't give a monkeys, but when that phone goes, that landline in my house, I don't answer it. <laughs> Hilda and Zelda put their foot down and tell Sabrina she can't go without them, so she storms off upstairs, leaving her aunts to think of an alternative plan. In her bedroom, Sabrina is sulking until Hilda and Zelda knock on the door. But it isn't the ones we've come to enjoy for the past few months, boys, is it? No. Rather, teenage versions of themselves, who we later find are Hillary and... Zellery. Yeah, these are the names Sabrina gives her aunts because um, she says nobody would ever name their uh, kids Hilda and Zelda these days. Yeah, but, but Hillary and Zellery, yeah, that's normal. So yes, Hillary and Zellery make appearance who are two hot and feisty gals originally miming to their voices. Yeah, but um, yes, lip syncing to the voices of Beth Broderick and um, Caroline Ray, which they do um, fantastically. We always talk about effects being great and everything. Again, like the dubbing here. Yeah, is, this uh, is just simple, just miming to a voice and it's just yeah, but spot it's, on. It's on point. They only do it for like a minute or two, but it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's excellent. Yeah, so as I say, luckily this only lasts for about a minute as the actresses' voices are used for the rest of the episode, which is good. I don't think I could have enjoyed the episode if it was them yeah, miming to their voices. It's distracting, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Um, so yeah, Sabrina thinks the plan could work and gets ready for the show. Salem, however, thinks it's just plain creepy. In the kitchen, Sabrina uses magic to change their outfits. Hillary likes her cool new look, whereas Zellery is disgusted about showing her midriff. And oh, look- yes. yes. And looking like a hussy, in her words. Yes. yes. And to be perfectly honest with you, she did not look like a hussy at all. No, she looked very nice. Yeah. A very attractive young lady. Yeah, yeah she did. With, with a very toned stomach, so I don't know what she was so worried about. Yeah, well, she said, as Graham said, I'm not leaving this house dressed like a hussy. Sabrina says, you are, or you're not going. Right, nice little uh, yeah. sort of re- role reversal there, and in a in a funny way that yeah. if she wants to go and accompany her to this uh, gig in the middle of the night in uh, downtown Baston, 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 you're in what you're in Wales. You've heard plenty of sheep this weekend. <laughs> you, just, you just need to make that noise, Baston, wicked hard, Baston. There's a beep outside, and it's Harvey to pick them up, and Sabrina reminds her aunts to act cool and young. However, whilst in the car, all they can do is comment on the loud music and Harvey's driving. So already it's not really going to plan. No. Yeah, but I'm not a massive fan of loud music, you know? No, I'm not either. No, we are rare old men, though. No, we're not. We're more than ten years older than what these characters are supposed to be. They're all about loud music and unsafe driving, like, you know... However, Gordy is very much in agreement with uh, yeah. Hillary, and in particular Zellery's um, concern over mm. um, Harvey's driving technique. Yeah, yeah ten and right. two, which is now, as we know, incorrect. It's, uh, it's three and nine. Three and nine, yeah. Is it? Yeah. yeah. Or, or you know, if you don't give. Did a... it used to be yeah, ten yeah. and two? Old American cars with giant steering wheels. Ten yeah. and two would actually make more sense. Uh, we're in the incredibly long queue to see the violent femmes, and Hillary and Zellery are commenting on the book that Libby seems to have brought with her, The Magic Within. Can mm. I just? Can you there. just say? Yes, you can, can just, just say. Can I just say? The Magic Within. Are you fucking kidding me? What is your beef? It's just fucking shit. But the whole point is again. The whole point is that it's shit. Like that self help. 
you know, sort of, you know, use your inner strength to deadly books are a bag of shite. And yeah. they are often called things like the magic within. So it's fine. Yeah. So she brought it because she says um, her plan is to meet Gordon Gaynor, obviously the, the vocalist of the Violent Femmes, and she's going to impress him with her beauty, her and she's got she's got these sedu- this seductive power within her eyes that she's gonna make this weird eye contact on him and he will fall under a spell, I think. I think she says. Um, that's her plan, anyway. Uh, so she's going to use her feminine potential as she seemingly wishes to seduce Mr. Gordon Gano. Um, she then puts on her sunglasses to rest her magical gaze. Yes. She says, I'm not wasting it looking on you. Just put these glasses on and point to me in the right direction I need to go in. Yeah. So she is blind for the rest of the episode. Yeah, and as we know, people being blind is hilarious. So well, we've of got course, lots yeah. of gags about Libby not being able to see what's in front of her. Exactly. Uh, Gordy and Harvey return from parking the car and Harvey puts his arms around Sabrina. This, this is a bit weird because it's not really been explicitly stated that they're together and they haven't acted like a couple for mm. ages this at is, this This point. is the first time we've seen them act a bit yeah. cuddly. It took me completely off guard. Yeah, I'd, I'd like to point out that it's just fucking stupid. It's just ridiculous. What, what the, fact that, the fact that we've not been told that they're... Yeah, no, no. We, we, we mentioned it before, and I will continue on mentioning it, that since that 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 date that they went on yeah. that we didn't see, bubkis. Yeah. Absolutely nothing. There's been absolutely nothing, and now, now he's just putting his arms around her because she might be cold, and it's like, hang on a tick. That should be happening, like... Before the mm. the going out, as a, as a sign of more more along the lines of Hey Sabrina, are you a bit cold? Would you like me to warm you up? Would you, is this all right? You know, more like that than just all right. Unless I mean, well, two two theories on this. Okay, two theories based on this action, based on yeah, one these episodes were filmed out of sequence, right? Yeah, as TV episodes often are. So they didn't really think about the fact that there'd been episode after episode of no romantic interaction between the two of them at all. They're more or less just being like friends. The other one, as Chris was saying about um, it's something you might do like before you ask somebody out to sort of show that you sort of care about them and are sort of comfortable with them physically. Um, maybe they're still not supposed to actually be going out. Hmm. It's just infuriating, the, Graham. It is just infuriating. Yes, I understand what you're saying is they might have been uh, shot or written out of sync. Oh, but, I'm not. I'm but, not but, I'm, there is, but there is this, like, you, you get the script, okay? You don't, you're not always just one, but you get a synopsis of the overarching of how the season's going to go as well. Yeah. You know, and using that as a guide, they'll be like, well, okay, if we're going to shoot episode 12, 16, then 12, uh, then 1, then 4, mm. then 3, then 2, then whatever. But then, yeah, you you get this overarching story where you go, well, actually, episode 3 is going to be when, when they go on a date, and then and then we've had fuck all. Yeah. Fuck all. It's yeah. really, it's well, really not... painful waiting just to see, is are they... Or aren't they? Well, it's I'm just, not... It's just really like... I wasn't oh. defending it there. Yeah, it is, it is pretty awful. Um, also, I mean, like... As you say, you know, you should have an overarching plan. And also... Something that was such a central plot point of the early episodes is now just sort of... Just given such little care and attention. And, you know, for, for the three of us especially. And I imagine a lot of the audience, particularly the teenage audience, who are really sort of invested in this this couple and you know and their, their sort of growing um affection for each other yeah just to see it sort of handled so sort of shyly yeah shyly so sort well, of so thoughtlessly like it's, well, it's boys, disappointing you'll you'll be pleased to know in a couple of episodes time it will be told to us their relationship I'm not give a shit. I'm give not... a shit. They've no, done no, it wrong. No. There's They've an episode. Wrong. An episode that's all about that. Don't it's care. Just, it's all. It's centred around. Are they? Aren't they? Don't care. And it comes to uh, an answer is given to us. It's a. It's a very good episode, and we will see that in a couple of episodes' time. So your hatred for this stretched out milked uh, unsurety. It's not, it's will not be... even. It's not even milked, mate. No, it's not. It's not even milk. Nothing's happened. But don't just calm, calm down, calm down. There's, there's teasing people, you know, sort of dragging it out, and there's forgetting <laughs> that it's even a thing, which seems to be what they've done. But um, in a fortnight, you'll be fine. 
I'm just, I'm saying, it's, it's actually quite infuriating me, and I kind of want to go, <laughs> No, so you can just calm down. Fine. And in a, and in a fortnight, right. just I ca- promise. Just mo- let's move on, Phil. Just move on. Let's just fine. move on. So they're going to do an episode... No, which... don't, Graham. Don't, because I'll get angry about that. They're going to do an episode which addresses their relationship. Yes. Oh. And it's all about that. Finally. Finally. No one's going to get that, so we've got that out. Finally. Goody and Harvey return to the park in the car, and Harvey puts his arms around Sabrina, which, don't live, calm down, Chris. However, Sabrina panics and gets embarrassed because Hilda and Zelda are obvs getting mushy oh, over it. Oh, my days. No, just say obviously for crying out loud. No, it's hip and trendy. Oh, uh, Gordy offers his scarf to a cold celery who accepts it. <laughs> cold celery. <laughs> <laughs> Would you have warm celery, Graham? <laughs> Uh, Sparking Sabrina to inform her she's leading Gordy on because it's teenage code, apparently. Zellery says it's rubbish. Um, I concur. No, no, I've, 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 it was, it was sort of a thing that if you sort of gave your jacket to to a girl, it was sort of a little like the whole sort of, you know, holding on to them to keep them warm sort of thing Mm. as we just, uh, just raged about. Uh, the, yeah, I think that is sort of a... a, a, a sign that you're sort of heading that way, that you care for them and things like that. Yeah, it's very similar to what Magic Joel was going on about when he was saying, like, oh, we you, shouldn't take you, ma- ac- you accepted a flower off me, so that means you must be attracted to me, you, however. You, sh- you shouldn't take Magic Joel's um, no, sort didn't. of take on relationships as, as a guy, because as we discussed, that man was a sociopathic murderer. <laughs> yeah, that's I, you know, and when it comes to this whole giving jackets, giving scarves, etc., etc. Giving cigars. Giving scarves. Yeah, it's... As someone that has given away quite many of my jackets, in fact, I didn't get many of them back, it wasn't because I was showing a sign of affection to to the lovely lady who might have been cold at the time. It was me going, you know what, I'm not actually too cold, you look cold, have my jacket. There was nothing else. But when you're a teenager... This is when I was when you, a teenager. When you're a teenager, you read into everything. And well, you... It de- it depends if you want to read into it. Like if somebody, if you were if you were a girl as I once was, um, if somebody really liked you, if you sorry, if you really liked a boy, and you know you you've been out for the night and it was you know late on you know cold a cold night, and also you not really dressed practically as teenage girls rarely do, and he said here have my jacket, and you liked that boy, and you're like oh so he cares about me. And he's, you know, what's me wearing his stuff? So I think that from that point of view, you would read into it. If you did, if neither person really had any feelings for for them, then they'd just be like, oh, give him a jacket, cheers, I'm not cold anymore. So it, it, it depends on the people. Yeah. Sabrina is one of these girls that reads into it, as much a lot of her friends are a bit like that. So she advises Zellery to, you know, calm down on it. And yeah, she just says it's absolute guff. Uh, the line moves, time passes, and everyone is getting a little mardy. Apart from Zellery and Gordy, who seem to be getting on just fine. Especially when she gets a zip seal bag of snacks. Or carrot sticks and hard-boiled <laughs> eggs. Which happen to be Gordy's favourite. Of course they bloody are! Fed up and cold, Zellery asks if she can go and sit in the car, and Gordy offers to walk her over. Meanwhile, Hillary goes to the front of the line to find out what the holdup is. Harvey, now acknowledging that they are alone, puts his arm around Sabrina for the second time. Oh, that's why I turned off, because I would get angry again. Yeah, so, well, but it's, it's, he does it again. Sabrina accepts it this time and enjoys it, and she kind of touches his arms as well around it. So there is a definite, a very subtle hint that... There a very more... subtle hint that there are they are more more than just friends. It's just not There's obviously. It, it's hinted shouted. that they like each other, but as I say, it's the lack of clarity on their relationship status. Are they already together? Are they sort of? Is a sort of a clear mutual like there? But they're not. Basically, it's been, as I say, it's been a long time since they since he asked her out, and all, all of a sudden we're seeing this, and it just doesn't make any sense chronologically. Yeah. I mean. Oh no, we'll get to it. We'll get to it in a bit. But yeah, and then I'll, I'll yeah. Thanks for your input. <laughs> <laughs> we cut to Zellery and Gordy in the car, and Gordy turns his creep on big time and declares his love for her, refusing to never leave her side and wanting to know everything about her. What is it with these people? We've got Magic Joel, you know, saying I would 
What is it? You would be my everything or something yeah. to Sabrina when like they've literally only just met and now you've got Gordy saying the same thing to all the Zellery here. Yeah, so. I mean, he, she's not really... I mean, it goes on the fact that has she let him on because of this, for accepting his scarf? But she hasn't really. She just did it out of gratitude of accepting his scarf and he's just like, oh, I'm surprised we didn't get a, a sound of him locking the car doors and kind of going over to touch her and stuff because we just thought Gordy was, you know, sort of, yeah, he's a, he's a geek as, as we've seen and, you know, he's sort of, he's got a very sort of like old before his time sort of point of view, which is why him and um, Zelda in teenage form get along so well. Um, but, yeah, I, I didn't really like discovering that... Creepy Gordy. I think it's supposed to be he's a nerd, he's not used to girls caring about him so he doesn't really know how to behave around them and it's like oh you know bless him he doesn't he doesn't really know but it yeah it just came across as creepy yeah he doesn't act differently around sabrina he just she's just a girl yeah and he's just absolutely in love with with her yeah so gordy mm-hmm. and zellery's relationship we got defined within seconds harvey and sabrina we don't know we don't know this is what i'm saying it's like gordy yeah he wants to go steady with you Brilliant. Look at that. Going steady. Defined. We know what that relationship would be. Sabrina and Harvey, nothing. That's my point. Meanwhile, Hillary is arguing with the fattest, most cannonball-shaped policeman I've ever seen. He looks like he's had that spell put on him. (laughs) (laughs) He's fucking massive. Well, he's round. He's he's just this round man who, yeah, he looks like he's he's got one of Zelda's jackets on with his breasts and... Absolutely, yeah. So uh, he, um, so uh, Hillary's arguing and saying, like, what I want to know what the hold up is. Uh, me and my friends just want to go in and say hello, hello to the band, and then we're going to go off to bed. And he's just, you know, get back in line. And she, he calls her Missy, I think, and she gets really riled up because, yeah. yeah. She's been around way too long to be talked to like that. Yes. Especially uh, by such a behemoth. Oh, exactly. Um, so back in the queue, and Zellery demands to have a word with Sabrina because Gordy is coming on to her a bit strong. She tells her to deal with the mess herself in a really grown-up... Oh, she says, don't pout, Zelda. Yeah. It doesn't look good on you. We'll sort this out at home or something like that. And yeah. Um, yeah, so she's she's been really motherly and very mature and quite comical with uh, with her uh, Aunt Hilda and Zelda. But suddenly, Hillary sprints past being chased by a massive black boulder in a police hat. <laughs> this man... You know, we're not, we're not being sizist here, but the... I, I don't even know if it's even him. I think it might even partly just like the bulky like jacket and everything, but the dimensions of this gentleman are just absolutely astounding, astounding, yeah. fascinating. Um, yeah, it's hard to talk about anything else uh, when he's uh, when it comes to him. Really, it's because he fills the screen. Yeah, he does. Yeah, there is literally nothing else on the screen when he's there. <laughs> so Hillary has only gone and gotten herself in big trouble for stealing the giant policeman's badge, causing Sabrina to go sort out the mess, taking a more mature approach to a mischievous aunt again. Uh, back in line, and Gordy is hurt and upset by Zellery. Zellery tries to mention something to him, and he says, "No." The hurt is... I was going to say, the pain is still... Too, too fresh. Too, too fresh. fresh. Yeah. So again, Chris, it supports the thing that we know that Gordy asked Zellery out, she said no, and he's upset by it. We have a nice That's a relationship. We've got a, a whole relationship arc yeah. of, of Gordy and Zellery. In this episode, in spanning maybe the first... How, how far in are we? Like 10 minutes? And we've got a defined non-relationship because that is how it should be. We know as an audience, we, get we know. Yeah. No. Ambiguity sometimes can work if it's purposeful. What? I was just going to say. Now, now we, we know. know. Now we 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 know. Ambiguity can work if it's purposeful, if it's or, you know, if it's sort of calculated, but they just can't be asked doing it with Harvey and Sabrina. And to see them, you know, take... Well, they're not one-off characters as such, but, you know, we don't see much of Gordy. This is the only time he sees Elder in this form. Um, and, yeah, like, they have a whole little sort of romantic misunderstanding sort of ending in sort of, you know, a 
situation which you know neither of them are happy with and it's very clear how they feel about the whole thing and what it all means yeah i say i, I didn't like gordy getting a bit rapey in the car but generally speaking i sort of di- i did find that little subplot quite interesting yeah and jarring as chris was saying jarring relative to the total mind fuck that's the harvey and sabrina yeah uh dealio so finally, the line starts moving and they get right to the front, only for the tour manager, we think, uh, to inform the group that the store is closing. Outraged, Harvey chats mano a mano to the guy no, and no, informs no. them about how much of a terrible night he'll have if he doesn't get these girls in the store. And his tale of woe was powerful enough to sway the man and he lets him in. This is it. This is Harvey. This is, Har- this is Harvey. This is what he does. He's he stepping fixes up. things. He steps up. He speaks to the guy, mano 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 or however you decided to put it, and he fixed it. He is the hero. What an honourable human. We don't like his the vagueness of his relationship, but that's those bastard writers who've <laughs> inflicted that upon him. You, you know, yeah. Harvey again being a jam up guy. Uh, the way he um, breaks through, you know, finds the sort of the common ground with the, the tour manager um, for him to allow them in is he says, have you ever been in a situation where you've really, where you've queued up for hours to see a band and you've not been let in? Can you remember how heartbreaking it is? And he goes, yeah, Led Zeppelin. It Hartford, was... 1973. And then... Go on, get in. Well, it... he says, he says, we're just here. We've been queuing up all day. We just want to see Violent Femmes. If you don't let us in, I'm going to be driving back a load of Violent Femmes. Yeah. yeah. And it's, yeah, I need to drive him back to Westbridge and it's going to be fucking horrible and please just let us in. And he, yeah, finds common ground with him, lets him in. Harvey saves the day. What a bloke. What a hero. This is the first time we've seen kind of Harvey step up. It's the feistiest he's been. Yeah. He doesn't say, he's not rude, but Harvey's Harvey's been very much kind of, um, what's the word? Not defeatist. Oh, no, we are, no, we He's just, he's, he's a little sort of, I mean, you know, he's very principled and caring. You know, he has a lot of positive qualities, but he's a bit meek. Um, and this is the most sort of assertive and sort of, um, right, this needs solving. You know, we can't just take no for an answer here. We came here for this. We're going to get what we want. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to make it happen. Yeah, yeah but show, you, you guys that... are aware that it was it, it was all brought together because he realised very quickly in a split second that if they didn't get in, he was going to have to drive four teenage girls back to Westbridge all in bad moods. Yeah. That was it. That was that is the character's motivation in this point. But again he's he's smart. But also, I mean, you know, he obviously it would be pretty horrible, you know, driving um four pissed off uh, young ladies um home. But also, I mean, you know, he knows how how sad they would be and in particular how sad Sabrina would be. So he's, he's still sort of showing yeah, sort of the caring I... um sort of um compassionate side i like to think of it this is something i didn't write this down it's just something that's come to mind i like to think he stepped up and did it out of a bit of sexual frustration and tension like you know he's trying to show a bit of affection towards sabrina and all in aids of oh wow harvey this sweet guy brought me to meet my favorite band like that and because he's gone through he's been standing in this line uh, sabrina's kind of denied his affections in the queue because of these awkward girls that have come with him and after all that, they're still not meeting the band, and it's kind of like, oh my God, just, just give me something. Just let let me take this girl that I that I'm in love with to just meet a band. Please, just give me something. Uh, feel... Sorry, Phil, we don't know that he's in love with her. It's not being defined. <laughs> so, sorry, Chris, calm down, please. Uh, um, put your shirt back on. We should <laughs> put your dick away. We should. Um, <laughs> we should. <laughs> we just sh- to clarify, I didn't have my dick out. No. Also, we should say. Um, about sort of like the frustration and everything. This, I believe, is the first episode which is a hundred percent linear, in terms of the fact that like other than you know briefly sort of um, diverting to um, Gordy and Zellery in the car, um, but that's still sort of in the same vicinity. We don't leave this street where they're queuing. There's yeah. no, there's no yeah. cutaways or anything else, which I think is actually quite effective because it sort of really communicates their sort of frustration mm. and everything because you, you see the the you know extremely slow progress of them in this queue and the really sort of you know uncomfortable situations that are resulting from them being sort of you know stuck together bored for so long yeah i quite, I quite like 
quite like yeah, that. Yeah, it's 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 interesting. It's a very different way to tell the story, and I'm glad yeah. that they you know they've gone this way with it. Anyway, they've been let into the store, and we meet the bored band of blokes, the violent femmes, complaining that they have one more signing to do and that they're tired. Now, this is the time where we discuss something that is very of the time, boys. It's time for that's so nineties. Now the reason it's it's Violent Femmes related, but not necessarily to do with the band themselves. And why? Because they're very much not a 90s phenomenon. You know, this band is, uh, or had its its peak years in the early to mid 1980s, and had in fact, they're in sort of their second run. Yes. Um, in this point, they, they I believe, split up in uh, 1986 and reformed in 1988 or something like that. What we kind of think is going on here, because, I mean, they were a, still a thing in the 90s. Yeah, they, they were still releasing music. They were still obviously clearly popular. Yeah, they, it, was a, it was a name people would know, you know, them guest starring in the show. People would be like, oh, that's cool. But um, I think the reason that they have been chosen as, you know, this band that all the teenagers are crazy about rather than an actual sort of young, like, you know, new, like, hip band of that time. It's probably because the show obviously isn't written by teenagers, it's written by people in their 30s who, when they were teenagers, it would have been the early 80s at at this point in time, and um, they probably loved the Violent Femmes, and they just probably really wanted them to be in their TV show, so they made it that all the kids were crazy about them. Yeah, and here's here's a nice bit of trivia for you guys. They also guest appeared in Clarissa Explains It All. Well, how about that? So that kind of supports that point. Even more, I guess, that the most 90s thing of this episode is what 90s adults thought were cool and relevant. I don't... I'd say it's not even that they thought they were cool and relevant. It's sort of the adults of the 90s sort of pining for the 80s, basically, I think. Um, so there we go. Chris, you a fan of the Violent Femmes? I have no idea. Excellent. And that's that's so 90s for this episode. Who are the Violent Femmes, just uh, before we continue? Uh, well, the lead vocalist and object of Libby's affections uh, goes by the name of Gordon Gaino. Um, he's the vocalist, songwriter and guitarist. Um, the bass player, a very tall blonde gentleman, or at least he was at the time this episode was made, uh, is named Brian Ritchie. They've been through four drummers in their history. Yes. Um, at this time, uh, it was a guy named Guy, Guy Hoffman, and I think he was like their longest serving drummer as well. So you might say this is the classic uh, Femmes line. Vin- vintage. Vintage Femmes. Yeah. They mindlessly sign their album, which upsets Libby as she's trying to, her hardest to seduce Gordon Gano. She tries to unleash the magic within, but it doesn't work, does it? She no. just uses her eye thing and she demands attention. She says, why wouldn't you look at me? And he goes, have you got a question? And she's like, oh, what do you prefer, stuffing or potatoes? And which causes her to look, because like, that's a fucking weird that's question to ask. She then starts, like, wiggling her face and doing her eyebrows. And he just goes, have you got something wrong with your eyes? And they feel sorry for the Spellbound girl, so they put a 30-minute infatuation spell on him, causing him to fall instantly madly in love with Libby. Yeah. Well, you couldn't tell, because Gordon Gano can't act for shit. He can't act for shit, and neither can um, his bandmates. However, I did find their bad acting really endearing for yeah, some reason. Yeah. I don't know no, why. Not I, Gordon I, Gano's. His was just bad. No, but the I, bandmates, the they were good. They, they can't act... But you can kind of tell that they are trying. You can, and t- they, 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 it does come across as natural. Obviously, it's wooden and stuff. But it, it seems like that's what they would be like acting because they're you, not actors. You know what? You can also tell that they're really enjoying themselves. Yeah, and I think that that's always infectious. Yeah, because um, just after this, sort of, they say, "Oh, Gordon Gainer says because he's in love with Libby now. He wants to write, make a song, and he's like, come on, guys, let's play a song for Libby.' And uh, is it, uh, what's the bass? Brian Ritchie goes, but I've got a cramp in my hand, and yeah. it's just the way he says it. It's just so shit. It's, <laughs> it's, it's really... like, yeah, it's like you. It's like you often see with musicians guest starring in comedy shows. They know they don't need to put on a convincing acting performance, so they just yeah, they do just. There's, there's, it's a certain I don't know form of bad acting that you always see in these shows from non-actors. Also, though, Zelda or Zellery 
puts this uh, infatuation spell on Gordon, so he so he's attracted to Libby like she wanted, and she for thirty does, minutes. Yeah, for thirty minutes, and she believes her whole magic within you know um, eye technique is working. Gordon is in his thirties, obviously having been in a band that had been going for like fifteen years by this point. Libby, as we know, is sixteen. So Zelda is enabling potential paedophilic acts by putting this spell on. Just saying. <laughs> yeah, that's, I mean, I've written something, but not quite as... as yeah, that was graphic. Quite, that... I was going to go elegantly put, but yeah, graphic. Yeah, yeah. I, what, how I wrote it was that uh, Gordon Gano invites Libby to his party room. Uh, to, to, <laughs> to his party room? Party room. Okay, <laughs> that, that's seeding. No. It's pleasure dome. <laughs> so Gordon Gano invites Libby to party in his hotel room, and I put dot, dot, dot. Dude, she's 16. Yeah. I think that's a bit yeah. better yeah. way to say. Te- not- technically, I mean, obviously, as it happens, you know, um, the whole band and, you know, all the friends are invited. So that's fine. Obviously, nothing's going to happen. And what we find out they are doing is as wholesome as can be. But Zelda didn't know that. No. He could have just said, hey, maybe you won't want to come back with me tomorrow. Yeah. Don't, don't bring your friends. Just them. you come. Th- 30 minutes, you know, it's enough time for plenty of things to happen, which, you know, poor Gordon would no doubt regret later, but may have to live with the consequences. So, Especially if he woke up, like, it came out of the spell during it. Oh, heavens. Oh, God. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, exactly. Imagine it's just they've... They get a taxi, and the taxi ride takes twenty minutes to get to this hotel. Bit of money, a bit of time just to get into the room, and a bit of. Um, and you're you know, saying, and you a, want... bit of a drink maybe, and a bit of um, you know seduction, whatever. And then yeah, they could be getting down and dirty, and ding, time goes off. Thirty minutes gone past, and here he is, this man in his thirties, just inside a sixteen-year-old girl. It would be the ultimate moral test of would he continue. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you've broken the eggs now, haven't you? (laughs) May as well make an (laughs) omelette. So, yeah, Gordon Gano, under this infatuation spell, uh, he is really inspired and he sings a song that he allegedly wrote about Libby before she even existed. So it's nice, it's just a little song from their catalogue about Libby. Gordon Gaynor invites Libby to party in his hotel room and says, yeah, she's free to invite. Bring all your friends. She said yes, guys. That That is, that, that's very funny. Very, yeah. very Especially when he says like, wow, you're fantastic. Just this sort of, you know, like older man just just acting like a monster teenager is, is funny. Yeah. But, um, uh, so he says, yeah, Libby says, everyone can come. I'm cool with you and the boys, she says. But uh, the Olsen twins aren't coming. Why are they the Olsen twins? Because they're blonde? I guess, but the reason she has truck with them is because they're so because they're acting like a couple of middle-aged women, because in reality they are. So, yeah, it's, the Olsen twins is a bit strange. It is a bit of a weird one. It's, it's the 90s and we've got to be sort of make reference to current pop culture yeah. sort of thing. Um, obviously, so the Olsen twins are referring to are Hillary and Zellery, uh, who, who have spent the whole evening whining, complaining, and allegedly talking about the Federal Reserve Board. Uh, Sabrina protests Libby's rudeness. Hey, you're on the verge of cool here, Libby says. Don't blow it. In Libby's mind, being considered cool by Libby is people's ultimate aspiration yeah. in life. So, so you know, so don't blow it, she says. However, refusing to ditch her aunt, she says she isn't going anywhere, meaning neither will Harvey and, subsequently, neither will Gordy. Despite all that, Hillary surprisingly still shows her motherly side and gets worried for Libby's safety. Which is good, because even though Libby has just out, been outright rude, she understands that uh, we can't let this 16-year-old girl just go to this 30-year-old man's hotel room alone. Someone's got to go with her. Again, sort of, we've, we've had a few of these situations, sort of um, role reversal of Hilda and Zelda. Mm. Like, Hilda's the sort of the responsible one here, and Zelda's the one who's quite recklessly made a 35-year-old man fall in love with a 16-year-old girl. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So, uh, yeah, so she <clears throat> says someone's got to go after her. So, Zellery... Pulls Gordy aside and asks him for a favour, which we find out what it is later. Um, we then cut to the car ride home, which seems really awkward and quite sad for S- Sabrina and Harvey, as they're, they've kind of been pushed apart even further. Like any, even though we didn't see any of it before you go off, Chris, any progression of their 
relationship yeah. is kind of taking a back step because of this awful evening. Uh, back home, uh, Sabrina is upset with Hillary and Zellery, causing them to think of a way to make it back up to her. That is once they've gotten their old bodies back. And another fantastic display of magic. They just, these teenage actresses, um, just turn back into um, Caroline Ray and Beth Broderick. Who are terrified at being dressed like, te- or horrified, sorry, at being dressed like teenagers and quickly run to get changed. But still, Beth Broderick... Has a great like, midriff. Yeah. Probably, it must be all the yoga she does. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, gosh, yeah. 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 We saw that in the last one. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so they run off and they get in their dressing gowns and pyjamas. They uh, they both enter Sabrina's room, apologising for their behaviour. They tell Sabrina that she showed great responsibility and love for the pair of them. Ultimately, Zelda was buzzing off the fact that she said, you called us your friends. Yeah. And it's brought them together, which is nice, because that's something that you don't really say to your family, do you? No. Family are just family, but it's a big deal to say, you know what, you're cool. If we weren't related, I would still hang out with you. Yeah, yeah. and it's quite sweet. Um, so she goes, oh, we've got a surprise for you. It's a vacuum cleaner. Great, Sabrina <laughs> says. I get to clean the whole house. No, 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 boys. This vacuum cleaner is for flying. Wow. Now, Chris, you were, you were like, but isn't it brooms? Would you have liked to have seen them keep up the traditional mode of uh, transportation for witches and kept it as a broom? Yes. Would you? <laughs> Any particular reason why? Or well, just... it's just it's the iconic image, isn't it? It's the iconic image. They've they've essentially ruined it. I can see why they've decided to go for the whole vacuum thing. You know, they want to try and update it in some manner, but make it believable, I guess. Believe as, as believable oh, as, yeah, a, as a flying Hoover yeah, camera. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just going to be flying vacuum. Brilliant. Yeah, no, it's a flying Hoover. Yeah, it's... <laughs> Why, why Why? is it a cleaning product as well? Why is it something that you clean floors with? Because it's because it's like the modern equivalent of a broom. Back in the day, you would have swept the floor. I mean, I don't know why... Why? Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Why, why a why, broom in the beginning? Yeah. I don't know. Why, why an implement to sweep a floor yeah. or clean a floor? Could have been a mop, I guess. Could have been well, a mop. still washing, yeah. Yeah, but, but that, that, that'd be wet and you'd drip on people's hands. I mean, it wouldn't be beneficial I mean, the reason, the reason I asked you about what you thought of whether they could have gone with the traditional broom is only because... Um, up until this point, we, when we've seen Hilda and Zelda and Sabrina in some circumstances being actual witches, like when they've mm-hmm. made potions and stuff, it's been all very traditional. They've still yeah. used cauldrons. They've still um, used a, a sort of worn witches, typical, again, quote, uh, typical outfits and stuff. And to yeah. go a bit modern with it and well, untraditional, it's, it's a bit contradicting, I feel. I didn't like it, but do you want to know why? why? Yes, great. Nothing to do with the sort of, um, you know, violating a tradition, you know. It, in, in in isolation, it could be quite a funny thing if we've got to move at the times, so you know, no brooms anymore, vacuum cleaners. However, a few years before this, I reckon about three or four years before this, was a film called Hocus Pocus. Do you remember that? Yes, yes I remember that. Indeed. In that film, one of the witches rode a hoover. So it's a complete rip-off joke. So that's why I didn't like it. <laughs> um, you know what, Graham? I completely forgot about that. Yes, you are correct. Yes, you are. You know you are correct, yeah. yeah. I I think my argument for that then was really fucking stupid. Yes, just, yes, Phil. I should have just gone for that, shouldn't I? Just simple hatred because it was a cop. And this is why Graham's the intellectual one of us all. And indeed, oh, okay. he knows his stuff, knows his witches. Um, so Sabrina is getting ready for her first flight, checking, A, if the bag is inflated... And whether she is set on <laughs> for low shag. <laughs> obviously, shag is a type of carpet. Yeah, but. And obviously, the uh, slang shagging for sex isn't known in America. This is pre Austin Powers, so don't forget. Um, so, uh, yeah, obviously. It was just so. Are you set for low shag? <laughs> are you set for low shag? <laughs> I'm set for low shag. All the time, Chris. Well, all the time. What do you think we're going to do when we stop recording? Um, <laughs> I mean, well, I've got I've got three levels. I've got the low shag, the medium shag, and the high shag. And what's the di- Chris? Tell us as shagmaster. Tell us the, the uh, what's each um, setting. Well, lo- low shag is I could, but I'm not primed. So is it more like low level? Low, is it readiness? Yeah, it's yeah, okay. degrees of readiness. Low shag is meh, take it or leave it. Medium shag is you you're primed. High shag is. Fucking give it to me, give it to me now. Cock locked and ready to rock. Yeah. Hi, Shag. Here I come. <laughs> exactly. So, Hi, Shag. 
So there we go. So if you would like to know a bit more information about the... Uh, shagging. So the, the, shagging <laughs> the levels of shagging, please uh, Chris, uh, let Chris know via our social media posts, and I'm sure he would love to shag you. And with that, the windows are open, and she's off, vacuuming around Boston in a flying nighty, flowing nighty, in a flowing nighty <laughs> in the middle of winter. Yeah. Because we've already seen it snow during the beginning of the episode and in the street, so it's... We know it's cold. That was a central point of the episode. And she's flying around in a nightgown. And here, I mean, um, realistic effects of somebody flying on a hoover around a city aren't going to be easy to come by. I Can you even have realistic effects of that <laughs> when it would never happen? I don't know. Um, but yeah, considering we've praised the effects so much, this does look shonky as fuck. <laughs> yeah. um, anyway, so we jump to the Violent Femmes hotel room where they're eating uh, cookies, drinking milk and watching Ren and Stimpy. Yeah. Not the party that Libby thought she was getting herself invited to. So obviously, naturally, she's gutted and they're not getting drunk or having their way with her. She tries to use her eyes again to seduce Gordon Gano. And he goes, maybe you should get your eyes checked, he says in response to the weird face she's pulling. She decides to leave and take Gordy with her. However, he's having the time of his life. Till one of the bandmates, uh, Mr. Guy Hoffman, I believe, says, Gordy, you're the coolest. And they all laugh. And we did as well. Because we're like, this is... Libby thought she was the coolest one going, yeah, look at that, I'm getting to a party with the Violent Femmes. Come on, invite me to go and see the Violent Femmes, because... I've got to go, surely. Yeah. And Gordy's the one who... Gets accepted by yeah. these people who Libby clearly idolises and thinks are really cool. Which is... Um, whereas she has now decided, actually, the violent femme's kind of a bit sad. They're just grown men who sit around watching cartoons. Yeah. So, uh, so uh, yeah, she heads to the window uh, where she actually catches Sabrina flying past. She says, maybe I should get my eyes tested, she says. So the credits roll, and Zelda is asking Sabrina how her friends are doing, hinting that she wants to specifically know if Gordy has talked about her. Again, it's defined. We know what is happening in that relationship. Zelda still wants to know that Gordy is okay. Yes. She says, he, yeah, he has talked about you, actually. Oh, what did he say, she says. He says, well, let me think. I need to get this just right. Um, that he wants his scarf back. Wow. Did we think, boys, that Zelda would be the cougar kind? No, I, I don't... I mean, let, let, let's be fair here. I, I don't think it is that she has the hots for Gordy. I think it's more that... She's buzzing that a teenage boy finds her attractive. Not even that. I mean, obviously, she was an attractive teenage girl at the time. Um, but... I think it's more that she was, you know, very, very flattered that he felt that way about her and very, very charmed. I don't know why, but very, very charmed by the affection that he showed her. If the circumstances where they came together weren't so bizarre, if she actually was what Gordy thought she was, you know, just a regular uh, teenager, then maybe she may have been more interested. Um, Again, you can quite, yeah, like Chris said, you can quite clearly sort of follow the logic there. So, yeah, I mean... Yeah, the, the, the only paedophilia in this episode <laughs> is with Libby and Gordon Gaynor. But nothing happens, but I just think the only pretend, yeah, the only, no. the only hang on, this ain't right bit. And just before we wrap up, just talking about the episode in general, it was just something kind of you said about um, the teenagers that Hilda and Zelda become. Do you think, are they, do you think that's what, that's what they were like as teenagers, or these are just teenage bodies they've picked out? Because they, yeah. they don't seem to be familiar in the bodies, do they? That's true, actually, but then maybe it's just been so long. I thought both the girls, um, were well cast. Mm. Um, you know, they sort of looked how you may imagine that Beth Broderick and Caroline Ray would have looked as teenagers. Yeah, acted pretty spot on as well to the uh, yeah know, these... to, to, to the, what we've we've uh, we've known them to be like. They clearly, yeah, they clearly studied sort of the mannerisms of both and sort of you know captured it very well. So you know, full full credit to the casting and to the performances. But yeah, I don't know whether they actually look like that's teenagers or not. And that's the end of episode 15, uh, Hilda and Zelda, the teenage years. So, um, first of all, because I'll come to you first, Chris, what did you think of the episode? Did you enjoy it? Yeah, it was alright. Um, I got angry a couple of times. You did, you did, yeah. and we've heard, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but that aside, it is a good episode. Yeah. There's a few hijinks, there's a, there's a bit of a subplot love interest going on. It's got a lot going for it. It has. It's got a lot going for it. Yeah, based on what Graham said earlier, did you like this episode more that it was a linear episode, that everything happened in this one night and we didn't leave this location at all? I missed Salem. 
missing ah, this save. Yeah. yeah. I, I feel like they could have they they might have been able to do a cutaway bit to Salem being home alone. Oh my god, you're right. Jesus, I didn't think about that. Yeah. Like I, I knew we didn't see much of Salem because most of the episode takes place outside of the house. He's literally only in the opening scene. We've had a few episodes where Salem's very, very minor part. But yeah, like we just we've enjoyed sort of Salem's little sort of sort of side projects so much. Um, you know, his uh, his, his, his um, girlfriend and you know things like that. But yeah, it would have been perfect. Because what yeah, what does Salem do when he's by himself? And I've got I've got the answer. Spoiler alert: We find out next episode. Good. We? <laughs> yes. Oh, is it is it is it this? Does he? hold a poker game and invite other people who try to take over the world as well. No. I feel like that should be a He hosts a fucked up cat house party. That's really right. just... awesome. Oh, I can't <laughs> wait for but that. that's 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 for next week though. Uh, so yeah, Graham, what did you think of the episode? Um I, I, I enjoyed it also. Um I, I did appreciate the um, the linear sort of it. It, it was a, it was an interesting anomaly. because, um, you know, it absolutely everything was different to how it normally is. There was Nothing at school. Only, well, only in the very beginning was there a scene at school and a scene in the Spellman house. The rest of it was in a completely different setting. We stayed there the whole time. Obviously, Hilda and Zelda weren't their regular selves, um, so it's very memorable in in, in that respect. Um, you know, I very much enjoyed sort of the um, emotional sort of part of you know Sabrina sort of looking after Hilda and Zelda and calling them her friends and how that actually touched them to find that she cared so much. Um, and how they really sort of... I think they saw her more as an adult after watching her sort of take care of them and handle that situation the way she did. Um, and I thought, you know, the Violent Femmes, as, as we say, they, they, they're not great actors, but they, you know, they, they were clearly enjoying themselves and you know, they were clearly sort of in the spirit of, of the programme. Um, so, you know, it was a, it was a fun uh, cameo. So yeah, I'd, I'd say this this was a very good episode. Yeah, I, I'd agree with yeah, all the points raised. Yeah, I very much enjoyed it. I think the Violet Femmes were, were really good. Like you know, terrible actors, but great fun. Yeah, I think it was, and it was nice that this was not only a location which didn't really change, but it was somewhere completely different. And it yeah, it was diff- it was great to see a really mature version of Sabrina, where in episodes past she's been she couldn't have been any more immature. Yeah, and I thought it was great to see that Sabrina is. Growing up, gradually, with each episode, she's finding out, not finding out, she's realising what's the most important things. It's not just all about her, which is nice. So it's nice about it's the love and of her friends and making sure that Hilda and Zelda are well looked after as well, not just her. And I loved Hero Harvey as well. As yes, as Hero Harvey, yes. Um, so, as we do at the end of each episode, we leave it to Chris to set the bar for how he marks it. So, Christopher, how would you give... Oh, sorry, what would you give Hilda and Zelda the teenage years? Um, because it made me very angry, that's going to knock the score down a little bit. <laughs> okay. Um, you love getting angry. Yeah, I do, I do, yeah. I do love getting angry. It's one of my favourite pastimes. <laughs> um, I'm going to go for a 5.5 Beth Broderick's midriff out of a rare. <laughs> <laughs> However... Um, if there was a cutscene to uh, Salem's dictator poker game, uh, it could have possibly got seven. Yeah, it would have been good to see a bit of a bit of Salem, yeah. but no other life. So five point five, uh, Beth Broderick's midriffs out of a red. Uh, Graham, agree or disagree? Uh, Not about the midriff, about the, well, the midriff is ten. But uh, <laughs> I would I would give the episode seven, uh, Beth Broderick's midriffs seven. Beth Broderick's midriffs out of a rat. <laughs> yeah, and I would agree. I'd also, I think, I'd give seven um, Beth Broderick's midriffs out of a rat as well. Um, so there we have it. That is episode fifteen, Hilda and Zelda: Teenage Years. A good episode and a good, if not terrible, uh, cameo by everyone's favourite uh, 80s alternative rock band, The Violent Femmes. So episode sixteen, boys, is called Mars Attracts. Right. Okay. So, Graeme, you're going to go first. Okay. Mars Attracts. What do you think it's going to be about? Okay. Um, perhaps, as we know, the other realm is in outer space. Um, so, perhaps Mars is somewhere that can be visited in the witching realm. And perhaps there are witchly beings uh, on, on the red planet. So, 
perhaps, I'm guessing one of Hilda or Zelda perhaps falls in love with a man from Mars. That's, uh, that's my guess. Okay. Chris, do you agree or do you think it'd be something completely different? Uh, can I build on his? If, if you want to, yeah. yeah. The more accurate the, is the... I, I give you planning permission to build on my idea. Thank you. Um, I, I, I agree, Mars is a place that, that could be visited. Yeah. And you gave a hint that we'll find out next episode with Salem being alone. So I think they go to Mars for a holiday and someone becomes attracted to someone else there. Okay. Can you be a bit more specific about who is the attractor and the attractee? If it's Sabrina, I'll slap your face. Yeah, that would be a uh, best Best hide my face. Oh, crap. Uh, so, episode... Seriously? Yeah, you built... Pretty much spot on, yeah. Episode 16, Mars attracts the Spellmans go on a skiing holiday to the Red Planet. But Sabrina is reluctant to leaving Harvey behind. She soon forgets about him, however, when she starts fancying her hunky ski instructor. Oh no, for fuck's sake. But this episode is good, I'm not going to read too much about this, is where we see Sabrina, um... Again, being a bit more teenager, she's confused about conflicting feelings yeah. for each other. So, the whole way through, she's... Well, no, I'm not going to ruin it. I'm not going to okay, ruin it. Yeah. But before you get angry, no, it's about her, as as we all did. It's all about understanding conflicting interests in people and I, stuff. And well, I, hope, I just hope she does the right thing at the end of it all. Until then, that will be episode 16. But as for episode 15, the one we've done right now, that's it. Thank you very much for joining us. I've been Phil Dean all the way through. All the way through is also, to my left, has been Graham Riley. Awooga! That's John Fashion who used to say in Gladiators. Excellent. And uh, to my right has always been Chris Evans. I'm getting a chocolate biscuit. Sabrina the Teenage Watch is available in many different formats. So whether you're listening to us on SoundCloud, Stitcher Radio or iTunes, please leave us a comment or a review. Your support means we get more listeners. And it means our hard work is not going to waste. And we can look at ourselves in the mirror. If you want to contact us or keep up to date with our episodes, you can follow us on Twitter at Sabrina Watch. And you can find us on Facebook, just search for Sabrina the Teenage Watch, and there we shall be. And thank you to you for listening wherever you are. And remember, may every little thing you do be, be magic. magic.